Hey everyone, welcome to The Huddle. I am really excited to introduce to you a Walmart associate named Meng Chi. And Meng has been with us for just over a year now, about a year and a half, and Meng is our chief product officer. And I wanna talk a bit about, Meng, not only what, what you do, but what you've done in the past and some of the things you're most excited about. And, and not too long ago, you and I were in a store together and when I introduce you as the, the chief product officer and the person who delivered some of the digital products our associates are using, like, like FistPick and others, using augmented reality to manage those, they got really excited. So let's, let's start with talking about what do you do as the chief product officer at Walmart? Thanks, John. Um, our team is responsible for the products, services, and platforms that make up the customer experience. And so what we do is we make customer experience simpler. We enable it. Um, we make our merchant experience more effective and we make our store associate jobs easier. So specifically a product is designed for and consumed by an end user. Um, products have a life cycle and from when they're first launched to when it's finally retired by the business and no longer supported. Um, there is a roadmap of features that define that life cycle and there's also a release schedule that tells us when features are available on the roadmap and when we would actually deliver that to our end users. A product can be either physical or digital or both. Uh, for example, the iPhone is a physical product. Uh, an app like Spotify is a digital product, but it's also a service. So services are products as well. Uh, Tesla is both physical and digital, and one day will actually be a service as well. So our Walmart shopping apps are products. Our website, Vispick, and Pinpoint that we have for our associates are also products. A platform, on the other hand, is a backbone of reusable capabilities that allow us to quickly build multiple products. So they form a foundation of building blocks for products. Platforms are important to our business because we don't want to build the same thing twice or three times or six times and so on. Uh, so platforms are important to our customers and associate end users because platforms also enable us to have a consistent user experience, common, simpler mental model, and also in allow for uh, data-driven personalization. Platforms accelerate innovation, products deliver the innovation, and to get all that together enables Walmart to create the rich, engaging ecosystem of products and services that we want. Then Ming, talk about um, the idea of where products originate, and, and there are different ways to get at it. It can be just you know purely an idea, it can be friction that a customer or a, an associate experiences, or just, just a problem, like something that's just not working right and we think about it. But talk about product discovery and, and the, the process you like to go through to ensure that we're delivering great uh, great products that, that our final users get to enjoy. Often we're inspired by, uh, to, to start with an idea. Um, and we find ideas by uh, observing uh, customers and associates uh, to look for where their friction points and also where we can identify through observation, through interviews, to living the shoes of the people that, whom we are working to serve, um, what the unmet needs are. Once we do that, um, we usually find more ideas and uh, problems than we have time to actually go solve for all at once. So <laughs> the next step of that is to actually uh, look at all of that and uh, start to test what we call hypotheses uh, in forms of prototypes and further interviews and so on, and look at um, which ones are the ones that matter right now? Or how should we sequence them so that to get, you know, collectively they build up into a roadmap that I talked about earlier, that net creates an even better uh, experience and solves a lot of problems for, for people. 
and, and that's the process we go through. Um, in addition to all of that, um, when you really think in terms of the discipline of creating a product, once we know what the right thing to do is and, and how we should do it, we of course test for it. But then we also need to make sure that there's a right team. And in today's world where there's so much competition, people move fast and technology drives a lot of things as well. We need to make sure that products engage the right talents so that we can look at whether a product is uh, feasible, meaning we can actually build it, <laughs> and uh, and you're building it the right. We are building it the right way. That it's uh, delightful, meaning that people want to use it, love it, uh, ideally, um, and then it's viable, meaning that it actually supports business. That there is some return for the cost of supporting the entire life cycle of the product. And one of the questions I get a lot is uh, is is what types of people, backgrounds do you look for on a product team? And you know, just give some examples. I know you have some people on your team that were former store associates. You have people that were software engineers. You have others that, were, that are artists. I know you, you, your parents are an interesting combination of one, one in technology and one in art and design. So, you know, hence, hence how you probably ended up where you are. But I'd love to hear how you think about building a team that's able to think about those problems and solutions end to end. Yeah, um, you know, product thinking is something that uh, it's a mindset and it can come from multiple, multiple disciplines. Your, your example, my, my, my father's a mathematician and economist and my mother is a child psychologist. So um, it's, it's, it's a tough home to grow up in. Um, so, um, but people come from, from um, this kind of thinking is really lateral thinking. And in some schools of thought, it's also systems thinking because um, part of the job is to really pull together what is the right problem we need to solve and have enough of the expertise across many things in today's world that includes technology to understand the ramifications and the ability to bring together uh, all of the different types of skills that are needed so that the right uh, layup, if you will, can be can be done for the, for the, for the product. Um, it can, you can come from different domains. It's more about having the experience to go through that process of a product life cycle and having built something from, most people start from uh, working on a team that works towards a specific function and then over time grow their ability so that one day you're managing a platform or multiple platforms. Yeah, it's breadth that really matters in being able to think end to end, which is so so important. And one of the things that... Um, that you've been working on since really probably about the day you got here was our redesign, replatforming, rebuild of our shopping app. We we referred to it uh, throughout the entire process as, as Project Glass. And, and the reason is we had two apps, one that was really for shopping groceries in store. And then it was, we called the orange app because it was orange. And then we had our blue app that was historically for walmart.com, which is more general merchandise in nature. And we, and we brought those two together it really, um, just like what happened here at Walmart in the late 80s and early 90s, we brought our, our general merchandise stores and our grocery stores together, put them in one place and called it the Supercenter. And the person who really pioneered not only the format, but growing it from just a few locations to thousands was our, our former CEO, David Glass. So we, we called our project to bring these two channels together into one app. We called it Project Glass. So tribute to the, to the work that Mr. Glass did. But it's uh it's finally out and and uh, it's up and running and I'd love to you know just hear about what was it like and who were some of the the people that really made a difference all along the way. Yeah, um, so I mean that's that's a that's a great uh, a great explanation why we call it glass. Um, 
in, in many ways, we look at it as the, the glass moment for our omni world, where we bring together all of our business. So um, that's great. Um, many, many people, many, many skills uh, were necessary for this to even take shape and more so to, to deliver. So just a few examples. Um, it's, it's really um, the, the, the best way I would characterize it is um, a project like this brings together, uh, unifies the different parts of our company, literally. Um, so in this case, we started by looking at what was the customer problem. We started by looking at the consequences of what our existing uh, organizational structure and our existing um, ways of working and our existing uh, solutions, the, uh, what was uh, formerly known as the Blue App and the Orange, what were formerly known as Blue App and Orange App, what did that uh, do for our customers? So people who were you know, helping us do that were uh, the design team of uh, Val Casey um, and many, many others in that team. Um, really understanding uh, across all of the different products that contributed to uh, all those experiences. So a lot of people on, on, our, on our product team, including uh, Rahul, who's, who's been very instrumental in helping pull this together. Um, we have had uh, practically every engineering leader and their teams involved in helping also identify uh, what was possible, but also um, where we needed to, to build things up in order to bring it all together truly into one unified uh, solution. We, we, we had many, many other parts of the business as well. We had to, we, you know, we, we definitely worked with customer care. We worked with our merchants and so on. So it's really the whole company. It's re yeah, really the whole company by the end that it, it probably is going to uh, affect in some way or another. And uh, anyway, a lot to do, a lot of great progress. Um, just two things um, I, I want to cover uh, before we wrap up. Um, when you think about technology process and, and friction, you know, what do you think is, is the biggest thing looking around, not just at Walmart, but around the market? And what are the next things that technology will do to remove friction from our lives? Technology um, is evolving even more rapidly. Um, and um, it's going to create many, many new ways in which our customers expect to engage with us. And we're going to have to keep up with it because that expectation is just going to keep growing. So that is a form of friction that we want to uh, skate ahead of. And actually, uh, Project Glass and some other things that we're doing help us uh, keep up with that. Uh, in addition to that, um, our associates have a similar uh, challenge as well. So we have a similar challenge because our associates need better and better tools. And we have to keep up from a technology perspective in a similar way for how our associates need to work as well. So that's one. Another is... Um, there is, uh, we're in a new era of technology. The, the, the World Economic Forum likes to talk about technology in terms of eras. We're in one they call the fourth industrial revolution. We're quite far from the word industrial now. Um, and that involves artificial intelligence, uh, quantum computing, and many, many other things that seem like sci-fi now, but they're actually really real. And so we need to be able to, to uh, start to build the foundation, the platforms and the capability in terms of our talent and how we collaborate with our way of working. Like we were talking about how Glass brought together all of the different functions of a company. That's what's going to help us reduce the friction that technology change is going to, to bring. So. Yeah, I agree. And, and last thing for, for our associates, one of the things that I'm sure we, we all wrestle with is, is speed and perfection and progress. 
and trying to find that perfect balance of making enough progress, going fast, but not waiting until perfection. How do you think about that when you launch product, products? Because so much of this is, is test and learn, but with, with an associate base of over a million people, you can't just put everything out too fast, but you also can't wait till it's perfect. So how do you balance the three of those? Um, quite simply by putting what we think is the best uh, the best solution out there. And in the product world, we often call that uh, going through the discipline of creating the minimum viable product the MVP, and right. then uh, testing that. But actually, even before that, we, we often quickly do uh, run tests that might take even a day, no more than a week, to verify that we have the right uh, idea or solution before we get any further. The most important thing is to, is to uh, learn by doing and to do that in the simplest, fastest possible way, and to, to engage uh, our way of working to do that, we have this concept of a four in the box, which makes sure that the right uh, schools of thought are involved so that we don't discover something that is obvious later on that derails the idea. That's right. That's right. And when things go out and they're not exactly the way that we want them to be or we learn things, we just encourage associates to to tell us via Ask Sam. Some of the products have feedback buttons in, them, in those we're listening, and, and if uh, we get the feedback, we'll definitely react to it. Well, Meng, thanks so much for taking the time, and, and to you and the entire team, uh, this project we call Project Glass has just been a, a monumental effort, and there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of people we'd like to say thank you to for the progress, and uh, we're really looking forward to the results it'll bring, so thanks a lot. Thanks, John. 